knowing that we're good for 10 years at, at a good healthy 30% really you know, takes the pressure off. This is the Contractor's Corner podcast series from Solar Power World. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Contractor's Corner podcast. I'm here today with Sumter Solar Services based out of Belleville, Michigan. Um, I'm here with the CEO, Matt Cadwell. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you. Glad to be here. So, Matt, um, can you start off by telling me a little bit about the size of your business and kind of the scope? I know that you do some repair work and obviously a lot of installations. Yes. Yep. Yeah. The business is split pretty evenly between new installations and repair jobs. So um, we started the whole business back in 2017, only doing repair work for other companies. So uh, we didn't do any installs at all for a couple of years. And uh, the company right now, we have eight employees and we do about a hundred new installs a year and then several hundred repair jobs. It's interesting. I We get a lot of comments on our site saying people have been kind of left in the dark by an installer and they're looking for someone to help. And I think that it's awesome that you're offering repair work locally in Michigan for people. Uh, yes. Yeah. We're glad to help, especially recently there was a company went bankrupt out of North Carolina, a large company. And that has uh, given us uh, we've uh, a deluge amount of, of work from that. So, but we've been working through it as quick as we can here to help people out. So don't want to leave people out to dry there. So, And has that been mostly just kind of bringing inverters back online or what is the repair on that? It is. Yeah. It's, it's been a variety of different things anywhere from um, upgrading, uh, you know, communication equipment and inverters that were uh, either have failed or just not, were never like commissioned all the way in the, in the first place. And we did have a ton of stuff through, um, a lot of people have heard that Generac uh, equipment had some uh, a lot of warranty claims, so like hundreds of them. So we're dealing with we're working our way through all that, all the big backlog of stuff. So what brought you to solar repairs back in 2017? Uh, that's a good question. So at the time, I I cut my teeth working for a couple other shops in the Metro Detroit area, and uh, the uh, the second place I worked at ended up closing up shop. The owners retired and just closed their business up. In a nearby town. And so I was kind of left a little bit adrift. And I had gotten a couple job offers, but nothing was real close by. And I, I did want to stay in the solar business, but we had a kind of had a young family at the time. So I had to find a balance between those two. So it worked out really kind of, I kind of slipped my way into a, a little niche in the, in the business doing repair work. Uh, another company had contacted me about doing some repair jobs for them because they didn't, there's, you know, not the money, there's not the kind of prestige that comes with repair jobs compared to new installs. So they didn't have, didn't have kind of the, the flash that they were looking for. So they said, oh, we'll give them to this guy, this little guy, he can handle them. So, and uh, I always kind of grew up in it, like a family where we were brought up to like help others. So I thought it, it kind of fit with that niche, that kind of, um, you know, ideal or whatever. So, and uh, so, and then I kind of just went from there, a couple other companies heard about it too. And then so I ended up getting more and more repair work. So I had to hire a couple people and then, then it's, it's grown since then. And would you say that your repair work kind of helps you maybe get some more new jobs too? Like the neighbors heard that you repaired someone else's array and they were like, we need a new array. 
Yes, yes, I think so. Um, I, you know, it's really important in our business is to, we don't, uh, we have a very, very small marketing budget. We rely almost exclusively on referrals and um, and, any, and, and the more, so the more we can get out in front of the people, the more referrals we're going to get. So, um, you know, crews do a good job. So we get, you know, just builds on itself that way. So um, that way, because some other companies who I've interacted with, they have, you know, end up having to have huge marketing budgets. And, um, you know, and that can, can really weigh a business down. So we try to work around that by, by just, you know, doing a really good job and getting them to tell all their friends. So um, I saw on your website that you guys had a pretty large ground mount install recently. Are you bridging into the commercial space a little bit? Uh, that's, you know, we are, we are not. <laughs> so we, we, uh, this project, it's been, uh, ongoing. It, it fell into our lab, um, from an old customer. So, um, it came into some money and wanted to do the right thing with it. So they hired us to build a 250 kilowatt system. So, which for us is our, our next biggest, I think we've done is 30 kilowatts. So this is, is a big scale jump for us. And um, we're, we're definitely going to do it. We're happy to help them out with this project, but it's, um, I, we do not want to get the company spread too thin. You know, we're already doing a lot of repair work and a lot of new residential installs to say, now we're going to jump into CNI, I think would be for us, I think might be a mistake. So I'm in Ohio, definitely a little bit different of a policy landscape for solar, I would assume, but what is the Michigan residential solar situation like? Are people pretty aware and um, are the incentives there? It's a, that's a good question. Uh, it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of two parts. So uh, one, as far as utilities go, um, they are, there's two, two main utilities in Michigan, consumers and DTE. And consumers has been a little better about embracing solar, uh, residential solar distributed power and stuff. Um, and, uh, and DTE is not generally, it has been a little bit, um, yeah, they got their own plan going, so it doesn't involve <laughs> distributed power. Um, so, so what we do, but, I, but they're, they're the only game in town, like there's no other, other choice for us and our customers. So uh, we just try to keep up with the policy changes as they go. Um, breaking news is that DT just had uh, a big, uh, uh, a big packet of stuff in front of the Michigan public service commission to make a bunch of changes in the public service commission, um, in our favor squashed all their stuff they wanted to um, we, we had full net metering or modified net metering before, and then we went down to just, um, getting reimbursed only for the power production value of the, of, of energy for excess power, which was like much, much lower is about a third of the, of the retail rate. And then they wanted to reduce it. They wanted to cut that down by a third to a third of that down to about three cents a kilowatt hour, which would have been really difficult. So, and then they also wanted to put a service charge on for all solar customers based on, um, peak power demand and no one knows what their peak power demand and is that's that's not you know given to customers on their utility bills so there's no way to predict how much that fee would even be and like public service commission said no on all that and they, so that was a really big win for the state that just happened i mean it's it's just wild how much the state policy affects everyone from a eight person team like yours to a huge commercial or national developer. Mm -hmm. It really does. It makes a big difference. So tell me what has been the most rewarding moment of your career so far? Uh, you know, I, I, we've had a couple 
repair projects like this one where a customer had all their solar installed in the shade on their house and we relocated it to a sunnier location on the roof and um and then expanded the system and installed some monitor and kind of we did a whole big upgrade to the system the system didn't have optimizers on it or a panel level monitoring and it was part, still partially shaded even after we moved it so the production was horrible with the string inverter and we were able to overcome that with uh, um, some Tyco optimizers and 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 that and it was really maybe it was, it was a really good feeling because the system they had bought it a few years before and it had made hardly any power it was really I saw the numbers I, it was kind of shocking how little power the system had made and and uh and so yep and they've been happy since and we've gotten a bunch of good referrals from our he's a he's a local architect in Ann Ar in the Ann Arbor area so he's given us a bunch of referrals since then so it's really been a good um to me it's a it's a uh the epitome of like well, how we do business you know we go out there and help people and then they you know that they, they they kind of pay it forward to us then so how else does Sumter Solar stand out from other local installers in your area I think I think get kind of falling back on the on the repair stuff. We really try like we're we're just not a production based company, you know, where other companies just you know pounded them in as quick as they can and and moving on to the next job. So we're kind of we're there for because we handle service and stuff. We end up you know working with customers for longer if there's ever any service issues or warranty problems or anything like that. So um, and and it really I think helps like and we deal with. We deal with jobs a lot of other companies would walk away from, which sometimes the crew doesn't always appreciate. Um, but it's worked out really well. And our, our like we dealt with a house that burnt, I had a fire damage, and we had a, a job that got a house got hit by a tornado, and we helped with the insurance claims with that. And so I feel like that really um, kind of that level of customer service really helps us, you know, kind of differentiate ourselves from other local installers. Not that the other installers are any, they're like, I don't want to say anything bad because like we work with a lot of the local installers. So, but uh, we all have our own place, I think, in the business and we've, we found our niche here. We'll be right back. Today's podcast is sponsored by Scanafly. Want to survey more sites per day? Searching for better accuracy? There's nothing more frustrating than showing up on install day and the layout does not fit. Scanafly's survey and design platform solves these problems. Scanafly, the only drone-based solar software, will help you survey three to five times more projects per day while getting perfectly accurate measurements and minimizing roof time. New to drones? Contact them on their website and take a free course to become a solar drone pilot today at scanafly.com backslash surveyor dash associate dash program. Now back to the show. Tell me about the most unique project that you guys have done. Um, hmm. So we've had a couple, I think probably like the, we did one recently on a farm where we did two ground mounted systems and we had everything was split into two and but it uh, ended up being really complex with the utility, the local utility. We're still actually trying to finish this job up and, and we, we installed like in June and um, to, to get it um, all the way commissioned because uh, the house, the property as a house and a farm, we had a um, we had a commission two separate systems with two different metering sets. Each one had multiple meters on it. So it ended up being really complicated. We had a you know, tie meters together and and just and um, the local utility just it 
was very difficult for them to wrap their heads around the whole project and because of that and it's created a lot of delays but it's we're really we, we're right at the tail end now so we, we got them the final information so it should close out shortly but it definitely was um, um more complicated than most and we honestly more complicated than we originally anticipated with all the uh, metering issues so how long has that process been yes we started the the job was bid and booked in 2021 and then we finished physical install in late in like july and then it's still now we're into almost december and it's still not all the way set up with the utility yet so they're generating power we just can't back feed the grid so so okay is that more of a rarity are you typically able to you know get projects online and metered pretty quickly with the utilities usually is you know like the 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 main thing and i I know this has been gone over in a million contractors corners just other you, you know industry things is that um we're always playing a game where there's a moving target so the target with the with both the utility and the local municipalities are always the, the rules are always changing to the game. So and it makes it difficult. We have to adapt. Like we I just was working with our project manager a minute ago on a project that we had to shrink by half because the local uh, HJ decided that they wanted to have extensive fire setbacks, much more than other util- other local um, jurisdictions. So you know, and we didn't find out until the project had been already sold and. You know, we were well, you know, knee deep in the project. So, and that's, it does make it pretty difficult, I think, sometimes. So, for us, when we don't know what the rule, like when the rules are always changing like that, and there's just so many jurisdictions in Michigan, it's got 83 counties and then hundreds and hundreds of, you know, cities and, and, and uh, townships and stuff, and they all have their own rules. So, it does make it kind of difficult. We do our best at the beginning of the job to find out what the rules are before we get into it too deep but um but we can't it's you gotta for a lot of customers they have to write us a check before we're able to dig into it too much and because of that sometimes it can lead to some um some disappointment for customers so when we have to shrink a system or different things like that what else is preventing you from installing more projects there's not a ton oh you know supply chain stuff it's been a, a it's it's and its supply chain has become like a whack-a-mole thing where sometimes it's it's like everything falls into place and it's all perfect we hit every mole on the little whack-a-mole game and but then sometimes like it just like i had that today i, had, I needed five more solar panels yet um, we usually buy in um, um bulkier quantities of that but i i needed to complete our to to get us through the end of the year we need five more and i was able to find a supplier that could get us five individual panels but that is definitely not always the case you know they either you don't want pallet or container quantities that we can't even do it and, and uh different things like that so it, it i spent a lot of my time just trying to track down parts to you know get projects installed so that can be that can be a real um it just it it just we combine that with with uh you know permitting uncertainty and and things like that and and overall uncertainty as far as you know government policies and stuff like that it does lead to quite a bit of challenge when it comes to that but i've been doing this for 12 years so i'm kind of you but you kind of either got to get used to it or go do something else so it's kind of this is part of the this is the way the game is played so these are the rules so Mm. so it's nice when i remember that and i always encourage like i work real closely with our project manager that we know 
that that's how today, you know, each day is going to be. And then when we know that it's not, it's not that big of a deal. It's just, it's just part of the job. So that's why they pay us. So. Do you see the new um, manufacturing incentives as potentially hopeful for solving some of these supply chain issues, obviously down the road? Um, with yeah, 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 definitely. I think so. And I, I think you hit the, hit the nail on the head though, down the road, it just takes a lot of time to set up a plant, you know, and get, you know, a production line going and stuff. So um, what I do think is encouraging is for us, because being in the Detroit area, you know, kind of motor city, is that there's a lot of battery stuff going on in our area. And they're even actually uh, a company going to open a huge uh, billion and a half dollar plant right down the road from our shop here. And they've actually already reached out to us about helping with like some quality stuff and stuff in testing, you know, kind of uh, field testing their equipment and stuff like that. So, which is really exciting. And, um, and they also just, there's, I think LG just opened a new plant out in Holland or they're about to. And so there's, there's a lot going on in the, in the area locally here, as far as battery stuff, I think because of all the cars, you know, here being built. So, um, a lot of the car companies are putting money into it. So, but the great thing is that overflows into the solar business because batteries are, are the, you know, hot ticket now. So, um, as far as like panels and other stuff, I, I feel like once in the next year or 18 months, once the supply chain stuff finally evens out and COVID kind of gets, you know, you know, put to bed here and stuff like that. I think that, I think that the, even with the new government policies, I don't, I, I just, I, there's been government policies in the past and, and it hasn't really like spurred that much growth, you know, like Obama had loans you could get and different things like that. And it just didn't like, there was too much overseas pressure, like price pressure, I think, to like make it economically viable to build here on a big scale. That being said, like, you know, Q-Cells opened a huge plant in Georgia. So there are, there are some stuff at, you know, something and first solar has always been here. Um, so there's definitely some, some demand for that, but I just have to kind of wait and see. I'm, I'm just not sure how it's all going to work, work out here. Yeah. It's, it's like, you've, you've probably gotten your hopes up before and you're like, all right, I'm going to temper it, see what happens. That's exactly true. We've had several plants get built even in Michigan and then there's, um, they're all, they're all closed. So, mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Back to the batteries really quick. How how much battery installation are you doing with your solar projects? Is there a pretty decent attachment rate at this point? There is. Yeah, we're at about 50% of our new installs get batteries. So um, a lot of times we're doing uh, uh, LG battery banks paired with solar edge equipment because solar edge is kind of our lead as far as um, inverters go. And we do do some where a Generac installer as well. And we also do N-phase batteries. So um, we like N-phase because you can fit them to really small systems or existing N-phase systems seamlessly. So um, otherwise we usually go with uh, solar edge and LG right now. So but we are looking at a couple other like BYD and stuff. So they're kind of, there's some pretty good products coming onto the market that we're keeping our eye on. So. Um, you know, we always like in solar, you got to always be looking way down the road, you know, you can't, so we're, you know, always looking for something better and newer and that kind of thing. So. And then, um, my last question is just kind of seeing how your company might be affected by the new incentives for residential solar in the IRA. Um, what does this 10 year runway of 30% do for you? And how do you convey that to your customers? 
oh yeah oh that was that is such a godsend you know like we finally because for years they had the 30 percent tax credit and then it was going to go away and then they the last minute they passed it and it gets you know stuck onto another bill and, and they and they've done this a couple of times and this is not a good way to put certainty into the market so so knowing that we're good for 10 years at, at a good healthy 30 percent really you know takes the pressure off and, and what we always tell customers like now is it we're at a, actually right now time wise we're at a weird spot going into december where we used to have um, it was it became december was basically a big emergency the entire month trying to get systems in as fast as we could install them so they could get the tax credit um and and because like it was going to go away or you know or it was going to get it was going to step down or whatever else and so finally we just don't that um, we still have some urgency because people want to get the tax credit that year but it really takes the pressure off so um you know and we're all about like and a lot of installers too but like we're really about uh, making uh, purchase of solar as low pressure of a of a situation as possible because it's a big investment for a lot of people and so we want to kind of you know we got to take away as much of the hard stuff as we can so they're still gonna have to write us a huge check so yeah so yeah so that really that certainty just makes it makes all the difference in this business so at least we got one thing we can count on now so. That's great. I, I didn't even think of that mad dash that was usually there for you guys. And now it's like, maybe you can spread business out a little more evenly throughout the year. That's so people right. can enjoy yep. their Thanksgiving dinner. Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. As for our cruise, it was nuts, you know, in, in December and the weather's starting to really turn here in Michigan. And the last thing we want to be doing is rushing jobs and stuff. And it just makes it a lot easier. So definitely. That's great. All right. Any last thoughts on the Michigan solar market or residential in general? Um, up to say, like one thing is that comes to mind real quick is that uh, you know with that national installer going out of business, it really has created a, a big wave in the, in the solar business in Michigan here. So because um, that just you know reduced a lot of a lot of sales. People are gone. A lot of so in some ways it's been good and bad and some of it's been good we've had like now there's this big influx of workers ready to work that are trained and stuff so so um, a lot of companies have been snapping up workers from them and and then other companies like us and stuff have been getting you know uh, cleanup work for their jobs but it's still in the end it's going to leave a big hole like that uh, people are already little startups are already popping up you know where uh, you know disaffected workers that left that company are now starting their own little shops we've been contacted by a couple of them because um, we partner with other firms doing installs for them. So um, so we've already had two companies reach out to us about perhaps using us to do installs. And um, and yeah, so it's, it's definitely going to be an interesting time in 2023 to see how that all works out. All right. Well, wishing you the best of luck and happy holidays. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Kelsey. I appreciate it. This has been another edition of Contractors Corner. Join us each month as I talk to solar contractors across the country. Thanks for listening to the Solar Power World podcast. Visit us online at solarpowerworldonline.com for more great featured content and breaking solar news. See you back here next month.